What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Since the album never came out, Tim McGraw, they're like, well, shoot, you're not going to do it here. We'll give it to Tim McGraw. And he did it and was top 10 for him. So now we're going to have that on the album. It's our version. It's almost like you're covering a song. <laughs> but we had but it, first. it first. <laughs> yeah. Episode 419 with Love and Theft. Follow them at Love and Theft on Instagram. Let's roll through some number ones. Angel Eyes. So it's either number ones or some of their biggest hits, which, man, these songs are awesome. You kind of forget about songs after like six years, but then you remember them again after like 12. There's like that one little gap where you forget all the good songs. But man, they had so many great songs. Runaway. Whiskey on my breath. Man, that song was a jam. And they're running out of air. I was singing that one of them during the interview, and I couldn't quite get it. But man, that song was so good. Uh, it's Eric and Steven. Uh, we start off, and it really wasn't a planned thing, but I saw that, hey, Steven, Taylor Swift from back in the day, was about Steven Barker Lyles. The guy from Love and Theft. I had no idea. Yeah. I only knew because I saw it on an Instagram right before then. Uh, Better Off, the EP is out now. Here's their single called Better Off. And there's an interesting thing happening with their new album. They're not putting it out. And so I kind of didn't know how to feel about it. And you can tell by my confusion. I don't know to promote it or not. But Love and Theft, we moved to town. This is a couple of the first guys that I, man, I met first, knew first. And they're back. And Fun fact, because you hear it later on, we talk about golf a little bit. And so I got Eric's number and I text him the next day. I said, hey, you want to go play golf at like three? And he's like, oh, I'm already on the golf course. 
<laughs> so, all right. That's Classic. A, I was like, you're out there already. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right, there you go. At Love and Theft. Here we go. Episode 419. It's Love and Theft on the Bobbycast. It's been a long time. Seriously, it's been a long time since I've seen you guys. Yeah. Really I guess I've seen, How long has it been since all three of us have been together? Seven years? Probably about oh, Eight yeah. years? Well, maybe a radio remote interview somewhere at CRS maybe, or something. Yeah, maybe. Like I saw... Um, I did not know, and you can tell me if I'm if I'm right or wrong here, but I, I'm not. I don't know all Taylor's old music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that Hey Steven song was about you. Yeah. Am I am I dumb? No. Did she re-release it? Well, when she redid her. Yes. Yeah, so she re-recorded my it. versions. Yeah. So, um, yeah. She did. See, it what again. would suck is if she didn't put it on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did all of them except. For yeah. That. <laughs> that would be my fear. Yeah, Not that sure. she would put it out again, that she wouldn't put it out again if there was one. That would be hilarious. Like, she didn't even do it. <laughs> like, I'd be checking, like, come on. Like, it wouldn't matter, but I'd be like, come on, please at least redo the song. Um, so It's a nice song. I mean, I, mean, I don't, know I don't even know that I've ever heard it. Oh, just, it's like the nicest song you could write about somebody. Yeah, so that was cool. Love and Theft signed as an opening act for Taylor Swift's 2008 tour. And Stephen Barker Lyles is the subject of Hey Stephen, which appears on Swift's 2008 album, Fearless. Hey Stephen, why are people Have you heard the one I wrote about you? No, what is it? Yeah, it's called Hey Steven, but I didn't record it on the Bobby special. Uh, so you guys, it's been, what, seven years since you put out new music? Is yeah, that- well, we put out a, an EP last summer, uh, kind of just to bridge the gap between some of the music we had already recorded. Sure. Like we were on Curb Records for a few years, like from 2016 to like 2019, I guess, and recorded a few a whole record for them and a couple songs came out and then they told us that they weren't really sure what they were going to do with the record. So they shelve the rest of it? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So what? Where, where are those songs now? They're in their on, on, a, on a hard drive over there, but we really? actually just found out uh, that they're releasing that record we made for them back all the way back then, yeah. seven Wait. years ago. They're releasing it on December 1st. A new music director came in and heard the album. It's like, why have they not put, why did we not put this out? And no, everybody's like, I don't know. Hold it's, on. Yes. So you're not with them anymore? No. <laughs> you recorded a record that they shelved. They still have it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to now put it out. And it's still going to be Love and Theft. Yep. Yeah. But how would they expect you to support it at all? Be, I think they're. I think that we're going to have to do most of the promotion for it because <laughs> they're not going to take anything to radio. They said. I mean, they, was, are they doing it? For, is it for, why? Why? Help me understand their reasoning. So, if you're a record label and you have this shelved music, you could sell it back to you guys. I mean, I had a deal, like a comedy deal with Black River for a long time. I just bought my music back because I was like, you know what? I don't even need a deal now. If you're not getting radio play, and I wasn't. If I want a radio play, I would just play myself. You know, I right. just push play. So I bought it back so I didn't have to pay him any part of touring or anything. I don't understand what they're getting by just putting out a record on you guys if, like, you're not down. They're probably trying to make some of the money back that they spent on the record. Yeah. They spent a lot but of money. But can you not write it off? It's like, Mike, didn't they put out, like, a Superwoman or whatever? Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> and they just never put it out. And they just wrote the whole thing. I'm shocked. Are you guys upset about that? We're excited. We're kind of excited because it's one of our favorite projects we've ever worked on. I mean, we made it with Josh Leo and Jim Ed Norman, who was running Curb at the time. He's the guy that signed us over there. And we were 
pumped about it. I mean, we also spent a lot of money making that record. I mean, Jim Ed well, was did. kind of <laughs> running the label, and it was like he would just get in there and kind of tinker with stuff and just lots of studio time, lots of different musicians and stuff. So we're excited about it. We just don't really know what it's going to look like exactly. So. <laughs> and guess what? You're going to love this. They're throwing whiskey on my breath on it because they bought the rights to that all those years ago, and they're putting that on there too. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, so we kind of don't really know Unless this what is all to think setup. about it. Like, if you guys are all working on this together and you guys are like, we hate them, they're put, we don't want to put our music out, and they're like, okay, just keep that at going because that's what right. people will talk about. <laughs> that would be the most brilliant thing ever. What if it ends up being a big success? Do you go and resign? I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, what if they want to like, hey, by the way, we, th- we think this song should go to radio. Yeah, and right. We'll have them go on a radio tour. I don't know. You know, we, we don't really don't know. We're just pumped it's coming out. We got a song on there about our kids that we thought was never, no one's ever going to hear. Um, there's some other song. We wrote almost ha- over half the thing. So. Could you go and re-record it if you wanted to? The same songs like Taylor did and, and have it yourself now? I don't know. I think I technically, because we've reached as contractually that point of like That's where wild. the re- no re-record clause, it and now they're putting it out without you guys actually being a part of it, and just they're just hoping that you'll be a part of it, yeah, and, and make uh, them some money. And they also like they knew that we wanted it to be released. Like my sister is A and R over there, and you, wait, what? <laughs> my sister is now A and R over there, and at the label, you're not even on anymore. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't really A and R when we were there, was she? Yeah, uh, she was maybe like, she was early. She's on. kind of like Jim Ed's assistant. So back she's then. actually been helping us get, like push it forward now to get it released. Now I think I'm rooting for you guys to, <laughs> to work over there. I don't know how to feel. Mike, how do we feel about this? We want that record to do well. Uh, we I do. You do. <laughs> yeah. You do. Yeah, we okay. Really do. We're. we're for it. Okay, we're rooting for it. It would be, it would be great for our career well, I think if it we're, does well. We're really proud of it. I mean, it's really, yeah. it we represents a big part of our life, and yeah. a lot of those songs were songs that we never thought would see the light of day. So we're pretty, we're excited about that aspect of it. And, and I will say, we are like, we're one of the few artists they actually let go because we approached them. I think the right way. You know, they have this persona of not letting people off the label, and You're so not mad at them. No, oh. we be- well, we were upset they didn't give us a radio tour sure. and and do all that. But like, we were just glad they let us go because like, how are we going to pay our bills if we're not releasing music? And um, so they let us go free and clear, and so that was actually nice because we we're like, well, now, I'm, now I like them again. <laughs> it's a roller coaster every, of emotion. I've been tossed in every direction so far. <laughs> so uh, the last seven years, when I say I put out new music, I mean a new like a new full new record. Um, so, but you had one, that's the thing I didn't know. I didn't know you had one done. So that, are you working on other new, now I'm confused as to what's new and what you own and what's not. Is there, <laughs> is there stuff that you guys own yourselves yeah. that's coming yeah. out too? There yeah. is. So this last little EP we put out, uh, last summer, we own yes. all that. We own yes. all our publishing. And you produced that. that. Mm-hmm. We produced yes, that ourselves, yeah. did that. And then we've got another nine songs. That's that crazy. Almost done with also. So yeah. we're trying to figure out like when's the right time to release that. <laughs> yeah. We, to where we don't shoot ourselves in the foot and kind of. What if you released it against yourself? That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's a battle of Death Records. And it's you versus you. How long have you guys been together now? Uh, 17 years. You guys still enjoy enjoy each other? Yeah, we get along. Yeah. Play lots of golf on the road together. That's our favorite. Friends? That's our yeah. favorite thing to do on the road is play golf. Have you guys like faded in and out? Meaning, my show's been together twenty years, right. and there have definitely been seasons where we've been extremely close, and there have been seasons where kind of in the middle we weren't so close, and then you kind of realize why well, we've been together for so long. We should like appreciate this more, and now we're like super close again because you start to value, you know, really the the years that you've been together. Absolutely. Have you guys been down that thing a couple of times? I mean, I don't think we've ever gotten to the point where like either of us wanted to go do something different or 
I mean, we've been fortunate, like most duos, most bands, like have a falling out of some sort. Like we've never actually had any like serious fights or like knock down, you know, drag out arguments or anything like that. We've been pretty fortunate. So you're here for how long until you guys meet, Stephen? How long were you in Nashville? I think I was here for... I was here for probably a year and a half, and then I met him initially, but we didn't start a band or start writing yet. We were put together by Robert Ellis Orl and Jeff Copeland, two producers in town, and we were going trying to find band members for our. And we're, they were putting together this four Eagles pop country band. Was the goal that everybody could play something? Like everybody yes. had to have their own. You got to be able to play and sing. Right. Yes. And if you have to do a solo, you can be Timothy or you can be. So that was 100%. it, right? And so they're like, hey, we're you know, we're looking for a fourth. And they're like, hey, do you know this guy, Eric Gunderson? I'm like, yeah, actually, I just met him not long ago. He came in, played a few songs. Three of us and our two producers went outside and, we're, and it was pouring down rain. We're standing there, just awning. And then and we were like, hey, so what do you think? Should we invite him in to be the band? And we're in the van, band and everyone was like, yeah, yeah. So we go inside and like, hey, you want to be in the band? He's like, yeah. <laughs> sure. That was it. I got a bass. <laughs> I got a bass. I got a bass. <laughs> That's how it was. You got a bass player? Nope. All right, we got a bass. So is that your version of it too, Eric? Is yeah. that how you remember yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Do you remember the rain and everything? Yep. I remember Well, I got in Like, we were all like kind of discovered by these producers in different ways. Like, they had made like a, Craigs- a Craigslist post. They had made a MySpace post and they actually like found me and one of the other guys through MySpace. And I, I still have the exact same MySpace account. It hasn't changed still. You're not still on it, are you? He's, he's I've like, got a couple of times. me anymore. But, uh, so, no, my top eight, though. So, you know, <laughs> I'm still in there. There's four of you. And is it Love and Theft at very first? Is that the name of the band at first? No. We, well, went, we went through a ton of different names. Yeah. What was the very first name? That you settled on. What was it? Well, it wasn't the 84th, I think. Because we were all born in 1984. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So we thought that was Yeah, cool. that's, I, I like that. Because sometimes you hear it and you're like, oh, cringe. Because it, it yeah. feels good. But no, that's pretty good. I like it. Then, then at it the time, out. it felt kind of cringy just because we were all like we were all the new young sure. guys in town. And like everybody that was kind of trying to be competitive at that time was born around the same time. But now it's like we're one of the few bands left that's been doing it that long, I guess. Yeah, that's so. pretty cool. What else? What'd you go to from there? Vinyl Sons. Okay, so that that's in- how I feel. About, that's how I thought I was going to feel about the first one. Yeah, Vinyl Sons was pretty tough. Yeah. We, and, then, and then we were like, we tossed around the name Banderson Lyles or something like that. It's a combination of all of our last names. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I think actually our old third member, we were like, well, we need a better name. So did you do any shows under those names, or was that just what you were? Di- yeah, you just did like in town, just like just so to- there's somewhere there's like a graphic. <laughs> oh yeah, with probably the 84th or Banderson Lyles yeah. and Brian are the third member. He was super creative and like very artsy as far as like his drawings and his artistic style. So he would, and he was a graphic design major, I think, for a couple years in college. So he he would do all of our like show posters and stuff. And I still got a few of those saved that's awesome. hard drive and they're, they're pretty cool <laughs> and and love and theft was that those was that name suggested with them together like how did that come about it's a bob dylan album the album they got their name inspiration from won the grammy award for best contemporary folk album at the 44th annual grammy awards it was nominated for album of the year and the track honest with me was nominated for best male rock vocal performance So, and Brian actually is like, we went, we were starting, we we're like, we need to find a real name guys. Cause things are starting to happen. And, and so he was going through some discographies and it's like, dude, what about that Bob Dylan album, love and theft? And we were like, man, that's a pretty good name. 
So, and you can't patent like song titles or uh, album titles, but you, so, and he got it from like an old book or something. So, copyright, yeah. I thought it would be funny to do a record of like a song called Stairway to Heaven, but it's about a literal stairway. <laughs> and people are looking for the real version, but you can't copyright a song title. Right. So, right after Stairway to Heaven, you go down one spot and here's a little <laughs> something called Help. <laughs> you know? and then right after that here's a little something called free bird but you know it's literally like, and so it's a whole it's all the classics but they're all different, different you're, you're just getting lucky because people are searching for the real song it's a really good idea how about that record curb <laughs> we actually on this record have a song called need to breathe and like that's kind of what we were hoping like oh people, people search for the for band need to, need to breathe and then they'll see this song and maybe they'll listen to it so how'd you guys feel about being four people in a group at first when you didn't really move to town to be a full band and yeah you, you were here to sort of do a duo thing yeah and steven you were here just trying to make music but that's that's a whole different dynamic yeah it's it's a lot um but it was fun for us because when the four of us played our guitars and one person on the piano or so three guitars one piano and if you have three-part harmony it's like it, it's a lot because we both grew up in church you know i'm a preacher's kid too so that's what I'm just used to doing that. I so. mean, I'm sure it sounds good, but that dynamic of four people, especially when you didn't grow up and know why you love or can't stand each other. Right. Because that's important, even with best friends. You know, Mike and I are together a lot, but we definitely know where the sensitive parts are yeah. and, you know, what parts aren't. And now you're with three others that you did not grow up with, <laughs> that you did not move here with. Yeah. I mean, I think just a band dynamic itself is extremely hard, and that's why you don't see a lot of bands stay together yeah. successfully for a long time. Eric and I hit it off right away, though, so that helps. So we always had each other in that aspect. That's probably why we decided to stick it out and keep and it going. And even the fourth guy, Chris, he was like, within six months, I think he realized, like, it wasn't for oh, wow. This isn't for me. I want to be a solo artist. Yeah. And he immediately went back and made his own solo record, and then yeah. decided he didn't want to do music at all anymore. So I felt that too, though. I mean, yeah, I totally get that too. And it makes sense, but and it worked out. We kind of just went with it and let it kind of develop and evolve how it was supposed to, and we didn't really ever fight it. Even when Brian decided that he wanted to do his own solo project, we like, were like, good, "All right, good go for it. Have fun. I, I Split money two ways instead of three ways." And I don't think of you guys anything but a duo. Yeah. Do people think still remember? Do they still like? Oh, do they picture you as a trio at all? I think some of our, our like original fans, fans okay. like that met us when we were on tour with Taylor Swift. I right. think they still have this, you know, vision of us as okay. It was three guys on the stage, acoustic, sure. and that's how they'll always remember us. But. He only lasted one album though, so it's like right. We've been doing a lot more since. So. Uh, you sign a deal with three of you oh uh, yeah our first deal was with the three of us and then when we signed at rca it was the three of us and then literally the day actually that was the deal memo was for three of us and the day we were supposed to sign it he called us that morning and said hey guys i don't really feel comfortable doing this i don't think i even want to play in a country band anymore it's like i'm, I'm passionate about rock music i want to try this so we we're like all right well, let's go see if jim cadino will go for this and that guy by the way is dave grohl yeah, <laughs> yeah, he left you guys and did a solo thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's, he's a little, having yeah. a little success. He's, he's done know? pretty good. <laughs> so, do you worry that okay, he's not going to want a, a duo whenever he wanted to sign a trio? Is that a fear of yours at all? There was a, it was definitely a fear of ours. Yeah, we had to have a meeting before had, the meeting. They had Brooks and Dunn, and we we had heard that there were rumblings that they were going to be breaking up and kind of getting off the label. I think Montgomery Gentry at the time had just gotten off the label, so there was room for a duo. So we kind of just walked in there with our fingers crossed and yeah. he's like all right well i don't see that really changing anything and he went with it and then within yeah. six months angel eyes was out a little bit of devil in her angel eyes 
Man, think about that. You're in a group. Six months earlier, you just said, that ain't for me. Six months later. <laughs> that song's freaking killing. Yeah. A little bit. And sure, he probably made a decision. You guys made a decision based on what made everybody's mental health better. He didn't want to do it. You could, but I mean, there's got to be a little bit of, why didn't I just stay six more months? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did, did all three... Uh, on that song specifically, because again, I think that was my introduction to you guys. Right? A little bit of heaven in her angel eye. Yeah. That song specifically, who wrote that song? I uh, wrote it with Eric Paslay and Jeff Copeland. Okay. So, whenever you guys were cutting it, was it always written to be a Love and Theft song? Yeah. I think when we wrote it for like... You wrote it for you. Yeah. And even when we were recording it, that like I remember Tom Bukovac like was just jamming behind the console he's like man of all these songs like i really like this one resonates with me he's like it has this cool i think he referenced joan jet and whenever tom bukovac gets excited about something sure. it's like like oh maybe we have something here because he's playing on every single record i mean one of the best guitar players in the world i mean so to hear him say that kind of stuck with us and then sony wanted to push a different song as the first single and every radio station we went to everywhere was like Hey, if you start, if you come with this single, we'll start playing it tomorrow. And we begged Josh Eastler and did. Keith Gale to switch the single, and they they finally did. Like, so they had, it out like they a had picked another song. It wasn't they just wanted to. Like, they had led with a different song. Yeah, we were on radio tour pushing another song. What was that song? It's called "She's Amazing." Yeah. And so they pivoted. Mm -hmm. And how fast did that song actually get some real teeth and it start actually, to like get in the thirties? It was actually pretty quick, like because like our second single and the third single, I guess it was just a second single over at Lyric Street. It was like our fastest moving song, and Angel Eyes actually moved really quick, like kind of into the top forty, and then it was a real battle from like forty to twenty. That's like, yeah, like that's the, that's is, the muck. But, yeah, trying to trying to get out of that muck because everybody's fighting for spots. In but there. then, as you know, there's that muck kind of trying to just get on the chart <laughs> mm -hmm. also, which I know that's changed now and. And then mucky again at like eight. Right. <laughs> Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we're back on the Bobby cast. So when did it get really like unbelievably cool? Because there's a phase, even in my career, there's a phase where I'm like, I'm wide eyed and I feel like I can take on the world. And then I kind of realize I can't. I've mm-hmm. been fed a little bit of humble pie a couple times. And then I start to have some success and I'm like, oh my God, this is what it's like to actually have. Yeah. When was that phase for you guys whenever you, you go through it, but you're like, we are this is kind of weird. This is so cool. It's got to be when Angel Eyes is starting to really hit. Yeah. Like, were you able to feel it when it's top 15? Top, yes. Are, are the shows getting bigger and you're like, this is crazy? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were starting doing our own, filling our own clubs, which normally we would open for someone like else at the club. for you guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Tim McGraw tour was uh, awesome for us because I, he was like the person I like grew up listening to and loved the songwriters that wrote us records and all that. So when we got to do that and the Warren brothers got us on that tour and we did a whole tour with them. That was pretty much, that was epic for me. When was it for you, Eric, that you just kind of can't believe how cool it's getting? I think probably, like you said, once Angel Eyes got kind of top 30 and you started seeing people show up really, really early and standing in line for shows and singing every word to a record when there's only been a couple songs on the radio. That's, that's when I think for me, I was like, wow, people really like this. Like maybe, and I think you also in the business at that time, it was like, if you could just figure out a way to get a number one record, like that was, that was the benchmark that you had to get to, to have any type of long lasting success. It seemed like, and then at the time it seemed like, okay, you get a number one and then they just start flowing and coming after that. And then we realized that's really not how it works. It's like, you have to, you know, grind and work your hardest for every song. And it's it not. does seem like that from afar that it's, well, if you get one, they kind of open the door into the secret club. Yeah. And then you're just allowed 20. Right. <laughs> but I didn't really like that. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't really like that. Uh, so Angel Eyes goes and crushes. Uh, what'd you guys come with after that? 
Uh, we came with a song called Running Out of Air right after Angel Eyes. But like we were running out of air. Wait, I know that song. That's yeah. a good one. It was more like on like Run. the pop rock side. Yeah, I think I really like that song. I'm it was one of my favorite while. songs. Yeah, that's recorded. a good one. It kind of had like a cool, different kind of more more pop rock vibe. I to was it. here by then. I had yeah, been. you were yeah, like yeah. 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah, 2014. Man, that's crazy to hear those songs. It makes me feel like you ever hear a song and you're just kind of back in that spot. Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> cool thing about music. It's like yeah. even our music. It's like when we play it, even in a live show, it's like I go back to, you know, when we released that in my head, and it's it's fun to relive all those memories. God, and... when you guys were killing it, I was such an idiot here in this town. I was such an idiot. Just like had no idea. I was getting fined a million bucks. I was <laughs> like doing things I probably I, I wrote about it in my first book, but it's like you guys are almost a soundtrack to my idiot days. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. yeah, congratulations. Well, you're kind of idiots, well, from our too. perspective, well, you're it was, supposed to be. It was fun <laughs> watching you come in and do things on your own terms, like because wow. we had been, you know, on everybody's morning shows, like, and you came in there no rules, like you just did it how you wanted to do it, and I think that's what was always so inspiring, and still is. To me, when I look at you and your career, it's just impressive because you wow. didn't seem to give a shit what anyone else thought, and you just did you. So. You know, I think it was I wasn't that talented, so I couldn't act like I cared. <laughs> so I just did it the only way I could like get by, and people were like, "Look at him, he's such a rebel." Big to differ, but <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rebel." Look at me. Um, so, Angel Eyes hits. Man, that loving that air. I gotta go listen to that song. Run out of air. That song was a jam. Did you write that one? No, we didn't. That was actually um, Josh Osborne and uh, Shane McAnally and Matt Jenkins. That's like the early days of Josh and Shane. Yeah. How far did that song go? Got into the 20s on it the chart. And but they didn't release it for like three months after Angel Eyes was like number one. No, I, and I, they I, waited. We a sore spot. All right, now let's get yeah. into this. And they <laughs> okay. waited three months though. When, why would they do that? And we have no clothes still. But no, really, why would they do that? Well, like, let's the, think about it. You got to take advantage of the Gary Overton little period at sony in between joe galani so it was a sh Randy. so it was a shift in management over at the at, yes and so you think you guys got lost in that mix or or not prioritized because they were prioritizing shifting in and out the ceos i think that was part of it i mean gary overton signed us to our first publishing deal at emi and we thought like oh he liked our music he liked our writing he signed us over here Maybe he's going to bring that same energy over to, you know, being the chairman at Sony. And we thought it was going to be a really good situation. I think, I wouldn't say he got in over his head, but he just was being pulled in a million different right. directions. He had just signed, I think, three or four different female solo artists, and they hadn't really broken a new female in a while. So I think like Joanna Smith and Kristen Kelly and a couple others, like they just, he was like, nope, we're putting out these three singles before we put out the next Love and Theft. So it was Even after number one. Yeah, it was four months that we waited before we put that out, and we lost. It seemed like we lost all the momentum. So, I would say that's enough of a time period in this. Well, at least how this industry was. Yeah. Then to lose all momentum, it felt that way. It almost felt like you're having to start over again. It, that's how it felt, and it didn't. <clears throat> it didn't feel like there, there were. I think maybe to radio and some of our friends at radio were like, it didn't seem like he had. The confidence in y'all and y'all that he it looked had like said that he did. Yeah, to so like was, people that are adding the records, they're like, well, they, if they're not gonna, sure. if they're not gonna prioritize them, then I, my right. playlist isn't either. Is that frustrating for you guys? I mean, I think it, it was frustrating, then. It but was then, yeah, 
I mean, I guess everything happens for a reason. So looking back on it, it's like, okay, well, maybe if we had put it out a couple months earlier, we could have ridden the coattails of our own song and maybe that would have helped us get into the chart a little bit sooner and well, I still think not have got, to work what, as hard. Like pizza, like 32 or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I think it got top 30. Whenever yeah. you have a song that's really massive, like Angel Eyes, let's say you guys never put out another song after Angel Eyes ever. Could you tour on that the success of that song and just play shows forever? I think yes. There's a good chance, yeah. There is. That's but it's awesome. it wouldn't be I don't think it would pay our bills at this point, but it would You but, still get to go do shows based off of yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. Because it was so big. Do you ever I heard it at Kroger the other day? Yeah. I heard it this morning at Target. Really? Yeah. That's pretty, and it's also like what they call a recurrent, meaning the song was so yeah. big then, and it still sounds so good to play as a, what they call an older song. Like that's cool yeah. that yeah. it's still played in freaking Kroger or Target because <laughs> I can play anything. Yeah. That list of songs you can play at Kroger or Target is five thousand songs long. Yeah, yeah. so that's got to be pretty cool. Uh, your kids, your, your oldest is ten. Ten, and then my youngest is four. And what about you? My son is nine and my daughter is six. Okay, so you haven't... Dang it, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it is. Never felt so old until you guys came in here. So you have a 10 <laughs> and a nine-year-old. I don't know. Do they know how... And I mean this in a loving way. Do they know how like cool their dads... Because their dads aren't cool now. It doesn't yeah, matter. Right. It doesn't matter. But do they know how cool their dads used to be? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if mine does yet. I think Camden sort of gets it. Because you're not cool now. You can't be cool to them. Right. You're ten, you, when you're seven, sure, you're dad, but you're a different kind of cool. You're a superhero. Right. But eventually, they're going to know some of the bull, some of the stuff that you guys, like, sometimes I show public. Them, sometimes I show them something like, and remind them, yeah, dude, I did that, bro. So, <laughs> be more respectful. So, what <laughs> What about the, the Taylor Swift song? Like, that? you got a nine-year-old. That's pretty cool to be like. Yeah, yeah. He, I think that they. Like, she my mommy? um uh, he knows about it um but i don't know he i i'm not sure he's into taylor swift so it's not as cool to him and my daughter hasn't got to that stage yet of where she is listening to taylor swift yet like that much to where i mean i think at times like i don't even really grasp like how cool it actually is i mean she's biggest pop star arguably in the world i mean oh yeah and so, it's like she continues to get bigger, yeah. which is weird. Because she's in her yeah. seventh season of yeah. being a celebrity, and she still continues to get bigger. It's, it's incredible. A weird, it's a weird thing. Like that that machine runs really strong and smoothly over there. It does. And it, does. It's, it all started right here. I mean, obviously, you guys went on tour with her. Uh, but I just wonder about the kids thing. Like, do they think – do they come to shows at 10? And do they think it's cool or are they annoyed they have to go to a show? I mean, I think my oldest thinks it's really cool. Does he like but, music? He, they both are obsessed really? with it. So, like, I think just seeing us on a big stage is really cool. Like, CMA Fest this year, we had an awesome crowd down at the river. It was it was just really cool. And he came home, got in the car. He was like, Dad, that was awesome. That that's was awesome. So cool. Does that make you feel good? That makes me feel really good, yeah. Dang, that's cool. That's why I want to have kids one day. So, they'll be like, Dad, you're awesome like Eric. <laughs> oh, man. And he plays the keyboard and plays the piano. Or plays the guitar a little bit, too. So, like... I'm I'm hoping that like him seeing that kind of stuff will make him more passionate about it. Do you Just, want it? Do you want your kids to do? You want your kids to do music? I do. Really? I think so. I mean, Ooh. 
I mean, it's like I, I'm a handy guy. Like we have a couple of businesses, me and my wife do like, and I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy other creative outlets and stuff, but there's nothing that brings me as much satisfaction as creating a song from nothing. And, oh yeah. And I having satisfaction something great. to show. But satisfaction will pay the bills. You know, right, exactly. in this creative world, I would never want my kid to do anything creative because it's such a, you shot in the dark, even if you're good. It's stressful. Yeah. Man. Even if you're great, it, you're like, and I tell people a lot, for whatever job they want to do in the arts. Everybody wants to do it. That's why nobody gets paid a bunch. Right. <laughs> everybody wants to be a singer or a comedian or podcast. Everybody wants to do it. That's why it doesn't pay anything. Yeah. Because everybody can kind of do it. Yeah. But it's the people that can do it really well but can find that special connection. But what does that even mean? You yeah. know, it's, it's like actors who can't get on insurance like you got to make a certain amount of money just to get yeah. on insurance yeah, they're after i've battled that for years <laughs> and it's like there's some really talented people that for some reason just can't even get to the point where they can get insurance yeah so i'll be like don't do anything creative like learn math that's what that's <laughs> yeah. what i would tell my kids but that's really cool that you guys are so supportive and your kids doing music because i feel like, like i, I feel my... like i was just so lucky to i worked hard don't get me wrong but you have to there's just something that you can't really pinpoint when it comes to why creative things work yeah so the fact that you can tell your kids to do it good for you guys you must feel confident in yourselves i have no confidence in me maybe that's why i i don't feel like i would tell my kid to do that and i don't know for me personally like i battle imposter syndrome even still after doing it for 20 years it's like am i good enough there's so many talented people in this town it's like you constantly are second guessing yourself but i think that also sharpens your brain it drives you affects your work ethic and then so i don't know if my son is passionate about music and loves it i don't want to ever discourage anything because i mean i think that's what was so exciting about all of it for me personally was the unknown and taking a leap of faith and stepping into something that everyone's telling you isn't going to work and then when it does work it's that much more rewarding and you feel a greater sense of accomplishment i think what was your family like supportive wise eric um, when you're like, I'm going to move, we're going to do a duo deal. See you later, Charlotte. I, I think they were supportive in a sense. Like, I don't think my mom or my dad thought that it would work. It's like, I think they were both expecting me to move back within a year because I was going to be so discouraged. And I kind of just kept my head down and knew that it was something that I wanted. So I was going to work my ass off almost in a sense to prove both of them wrong and show them that, hey, I don't have to do this. I don't have to go get a degree. I don't have to do it the way your dad made you do it. And I think for me, it was almost like I had something to prove to myself ultimately, but then I also wanted to kind of show my parents like, you know what, there's different ways of getting there and there's more than one way to skin a cat and this is how I'm going to do it. So Yeah, the cat skinning thing is always weird. I never met a single person that skinned a single cat. <laughs> and I felt... I skinned a lot of things. Yeah, but not, uh, I did the cat, same, same, but yeah. never, never actually a cat. Um, did you ever almost go back home? I never did, no. Never had a cross a point where you're like... I might have to give this up and just move back. Move back. Nope. I decided I was going to figure out a way, whether it was on the production engineering side or the writing side, I was going to figure out a way to make a career out of music. What about you, Steven? Did you ever almost go back home? I didn't. No, I didn't. I never did. And once I got here, I was like, oh, this is it. This is, this is the spot. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> and what also my brother used his graduation money to help pay for us to move up here. So I had my brother with me. I had Kanan with me. My dad was making trips back and forth. My mom moved up here after I moved up here after my parents got divorced. So my sister was with her too, and my little brother. So you can't leave because everybody's yeah. here. <laughs> everybody's if you here. Left, that'd be rude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for you and you peaced out. Yeah. So have you guys noticed with your music be, putting it on social media at all, or just playing on social media? It driving any sort of ticket sales at all specifically from that because I with my stand up I never put anything online because I was like I don't want to kill jokes if it's mm -hmm. up the old adage was you can't put a joke up because if people hear it you can't tell it again right but I really noticed in this last tour when I started to put stuff up tickets would sell every time I would post something yeah because usually it would be like okay announcing a tour announcing on the radio I just say well, I'm going to be here and stuff sells or it doesn't move on with life do the shows hopefully it's right. great but I would put clips up and then I would really notice in that same timing when I would put stuff up. And if it hit the algorithm too, right. you put a bad one up. Oh, I blame the algorithm. The algorithm right. didn't pick it up. <laughs> well, because the joke wasn't good. Scared it was, me. Surely, I know that was the algorithm, yes. <laughs> but I really saw it. I really saw numbers yeah. change because of what I was posting on social media because it would catch an algorithm. And people that didn't follow me already would stumble across it and they would buy tickets. How has that happened with you guys? We actually are horrible at social media, so I don't. <laughs> so it really, I don't yet. know if it's helped or hurt. <laughs> well, I will know. say, when we do post purposefully, it does definitely like you definitely notice an immediate. Well, take it from uptick. me. <laughs> I was like, "Why well, am I even going to do this?" Because my people already know me. That's what I would think. Right. They already know me. They're going to come if they want to come. But man, I started, and it would just take like a clip to catch just to catch that wave of that algorithm. Because who knows? Who knows why it is? By the way, yeah. I, you never know what's going to blow up. And then you like a show in Arizona would sell really well, and you're like, why? You go look at the where that clip was like shoved down people's throat. Yeah. It's in freaking Arizona, and yep. so that that's really been a game changer for me. Is that something you guys feel like you have to prioritize more so now than you ever yes, have because we, it's not natural? We've been yeah. having yes, we've been having talks about like and we're coming up with a plan of like especially with this album coming out and. Like we need to like we need to start doing it because everybody else is doing it. If you don't do it, you're just getting left behind. As far especially like TikTok. And in this day and age, also it's like to reference TikTok and social media just in general. It's like you have to be really careful with what you do put out there. And at least from my perspective, it's like you watch friends get canceled just because of an opinion on something. Something gets taken completely out of context. And then potentially that can ruin your entire career because you said one stupid thing that you didn't even mean to come across that way. And then it does. So for me personally, it's just you watch people live and die by social media. And it's like we've done it for so long by trying to let the music speak for itself. You know, there's a certain level of like shameless promote promotion that sometimes feels a little bit dirty and uncomfortable. For and sure. <laughs> like you want other people to validate you. You don't want to have to like push yourself and shove it down people's throats, but the most successful people are doing that. And it's like, you have to figure out what's yeah. a healthy balance. And it's a weird thing too, to watch somebody play music on TikTok because it's either going to be really good or again, just really cringe. And you're like, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> even the approach with how they play it, how and I have one of my friends, and I won't say who, and I'll just say she. She's like, I really need to get on TikTok and I need to do more. She said, but I did one video on TikTok and I felt so lame. Yeah. She goes, because people can do it and look cool. She said, but I played and I just felt like I was trying too hard. Yeah. Well, and it's like you're trying to make it look like you're not trying too hard. Right. But you, at the end so, of the day, you're lip syncing. And like, oh, man. At the beginning of our career, it's like, oh, if you even use a track live, it's like, that's not authentic. That's right. cheating. Mm -hmm. So it's like the idea of lip syncing to a recording just doesn't feel authentic because 
there, I want you to hear what I sound like singing it live right. and raw so you can either tell if I'm a good singer or not. So help me understand this record again. I want to go back to the beginning because <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, this record coming out December 1st. But it's not a record that you guys are putting out. It's a record you already did. Yeah. Right. So I was talking to Mike because we tried to schedule this a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if I got sick or if you got – why did why – did, It was me. Oh, so it wasn't my fault? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we, we said we weren't going to do it unless we could be in the new studio. <laughs> got it. Okay. I didn't know who it was. I was, I was hoping it wasn't me. But I remember you guys not being – and so I was disappointed because I hadn't seen you guys in a long time. And I asked Mike, I said, hey, are they, are they putting out new music? And he said, kind of. <laughs> and even then I was confused. So, but you guys are happy it's coming yeah. out. Yes. So, and you're promoting that it's coming out, but you're also promoting Better Off. Right. Yes. I'm just confused on what you're promoting. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, I think if we, like if we had just put out Better Off okay. and we were about to put out this other new project that I think we'd be sort of frustrated just because something we didn't own was could potentially not take the wind out of our sails yes. and hurt the promotion of the stuff that we do own. But I think since we released the one project right at a year ago now, and then this other one, we're not really on any strict timeline with, again, like we're just excited that the songs that we had literally poured three years of our yeah. lives into, and like we were getting frustrated making that record because it was like, we feel like it's done. Like, can we just wrap this thing up? Like... Then what, how do you want me to feel about this? If I like it, do you mean to like support it? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Like because we we are in a place where we need we need it to do well. We don't because it, to help us book more shows, to help keep the momentum going, and, and before we put out our other EP. What's the best song on it? Ooh, well, whiskey on my breath is the best song on it. But yeah. as well, far that, as new, we already know that one. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. my favorite song on the project is the song called "Thought About You." And Tim McGraw actually put it out, cut it, and released it as a single. After Wait, we'd I, already recorded it. But, I know that song. <laughs> yeah. We recorded the song called Thought About You. And for, for Thought About Me, Thought About God, Everything Love Is, Everything It's Not. I, I feel thought like About I, Songs. I do know the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we recorded it. And because the Warren Brothers, they're like, dude, check this song out. We're like, oh, and they wanted us to cut it. So we cut it and recorded it. It was going to be on the album. But when since the album never came out, Tim McGraw, they're like, well, shoot, you're not going to do it here. We'll give it to Tim McGraw. And he did it and it was top 10 for him. So now we're going to have... Now we're going to have that on the album. It's our version. It's almost like you're covering a song. <laughs> well, we had it first. first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And so you don't get to pick a single and you said they're not really going to put a single yeah. out. We're hoping that a song off this record will take off which, somewhere. Which one? Uh, there's a song called How Many Drinks, which is really cool. How many songs give another girl a chance to find someone new? How many drinks is it going to take to get me over you? But Batman and Robin is, is the coolest song we have on there because it's the only song we've ever really written about being dads and having kids. And it's about our sons. It's like, I'm Batman, he's Robin. In our cardboard Batmobile, no one can stop us. So it's not about you two. 
No, it's about yeah. It's about uh, uh, like one of us. No, it's about you and a, you and you and our, me, I'm Batman. My son's Robin. I saw Robin. that that was the track. I, I really thought, and I was like, I'm not asking him which one's Batman <laughs> of you two. So you guys wrote this about being a dad. Mm-hmm. Did you ever cry while writing a song? I, I cried when I was writing that song because of it's because I just you know how much I love my kid. I'm an emotional person, anyways, um, and it was just like it was just it was emotional to say some of those things. When you hear that, when you hear the lyrics, and you'll understand. Like when you or when you listen to it, you'll understand why you could maybe cry during the song. But it's not like a sad song. No, no, yeah, it's just touching. It's just song. yeah, it's a just very a, personal song. Yeah, it's personal. And I've never written a song about being a dad, and so I was like saying how I felt with Eric in there, and we're both new dads. Uh, to sons and so it was just emotional right we were on a tour bus with Josh Leo I think when... yeah, and Andrew Petroff Andrew Petroff yeah yeah I remember I was still asleep and Stephen came in and was like in the bunk area I was like hey I just started this awesome song with Josh you gotta come finish it with me and I remember Josh getting emotional and shedding a few tears and it was cool hearing him from his perspective talk about being a father <clears throat> and at that time Dylan his son was like 25 years old I guess but and now Josh is a, a grandfather, and his son and has since had a baby. So I I distinctly remember that day, and then writing that song and seeing him get emotional about his son, you know, who's already pretty much grown, and it kind of put things in perspective for me. And I remember he said, basically the cliche phrase, "Don't blink, it'll be over before you before you know it." And Do you feel lucky that he basically come right on the song if they're pretty much done with it? That they, you know, they just, he just gave up. You know, 50 to 33 percent of writing you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> hey come hop on this song here that was cool they were nice enough to like leave like half of the first verse and half of the second verse open so like i could contribute and write it from my perspective also about That's my cool. son and things that you know that i could take from even my experience with my dad and him raising me and it's crazy think- to see you guys as like adult men yeah. <laughs> we're all adult men but it's just like we were all kids when we met though it yeah I, had, felt like. I hadn't seen you in a while and, but you still look young and you just have more hair the bobby cast we'll be right back this festival and concert season will be all about the boots and tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring You're talking about men's boots women's boots um apparel hats bags and more all Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is, fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is the Bobby Cast. Uh, you guys still in, you still enjoy it? Oh, just, I'm just a, in general, I'm obsessed with it. Did you have a phase? Did you get tired of it ever? Did you have a phase? I've never have. Really? Never. No, never you I either. never wanted to stop. You never just like I don't want to do music. I wish we were. I wish we were at a higher. Six, like having more success right now because uh, we could be doing instead of you know we're doing other things to supplement our income like and that's like stressful for me because I, I've only known this and so like to think of it about like having to do something else like Eric's really talented and all this other things that I'm not so I'm kind of like what am I going to do if this doesn't keep working <laughs> but even still I hate all those other things that I might be good at sure. I, this is what gives me joy and like <clears throat> Again, like I said before, I love creating something from nothing. It's just an amazing feeling. You say you and your wife have other businesses. What, what do you guys? What do you do? Uh, we have a bounce house rental company. Dude, that's so legit. So we rent out that, white white bounce houses for I birthday to do parties. Bounce houses or porta potties. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> where the dream just to like buy a bunch of them and just because yeah, th- those are things that people always need. I mean, it seems Porta potty, that yeah. Way, so yeah. that's like a smart. <laughs> do you do you ever set? Do you set them up ever? Yeah. Really? Oh God. yeah. How much if I, if I want one just for me, adult? I think we do it for like five, four hundred bucks for, for four long? hours. How many? Four hours? to six hours. Dang, that's pretty expensive. But they're very nice. They're, 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 they're all the white. It's the only we white have, ones. No, I'm, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then my wife does balloons also, like the balloon art and stuff, not like the Amazon arches and stuff like that. But she, like, we just did the uh, grand opening for the Voodoo Donuts and the she press does balloon box art? and stuff. Yeah. Not like animals, but like. Just big, massive installations and stuff. But she d- uses like an artistic vision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of it when we're done. That's, like, that, she's really creative when it comes that's to that super, stuff. So you guys are doing art. But if you're an artist, you're kind of an artist. Meaning, yeah. if anything that I do, I'll do this, but I'll go do comedy or I'll write or something. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I have that itch to always create something. Yeah. Maybe good, maybe terrible. But like... I always want to create something. It feels like you guys have that too, like no matter what the situation yeah. is. Yeah, our other businesses, we like design and install themed bars, like pop-up bar type things. Like we did a couple of hotels in downtown Nashville, like Dream Hotel did a spring 
flower bar thing. How do you even have that idea, that concept to do that? Well, my wife kind of like started it and had the idea, <laughs> the stuff she followed online and stuff. And then it was like, oh, my husband's really handy and can build anything. So you're, but you so, were, you're handy as well. Like you can do very practical things. Yeah. Like during COVID, I renovated my That's whole crazy. upstairs, put a studio in. Like I used to do tile and build decks and renovations and stuff and was a general contractor for a little while. So That's I still so do legit. all that. I can't fix anything. But the bars are fun. We just did one over above Doghouse on Demumbrian. That was dope. It's, like, it's called High Notes. It's a cannabis-themed bar. So does lounge. it stay there? This one does, yeah. But the other ones are like three to four month installs. Do you enjoy that creative part? It's like writing a song where yeah. you're like, we want to create this. And then when it's done, you kind of look back and go, okay. I, I, everybody sees it as one piece, but you can kind of see the layers of how right. it was built. Yeah, because for me, I usually walk into an empty room mm-hmm. and then... In my mind, I know my wife's going to come up with some crazy idea, and then I have to kind of bring that back to reality and figure out a way to make her crazy idea doable. So, like for that bar especially, it was really cool because I did it kind of in pieces, and we had like a permitting issue halfway through, so I kind of took a break and got to permits and like watch redesign a few things and do it. But it turned out really great, and you know, it's just another iron in the fire, I guess. But it's cool. a cool creative outlet. So. Yeah. To- do creative things in other spaces. Yeah. That's really cool. But it also makes me appreciate the music that much more because those things, they they pay well. The money is not an issue, but it's not like there's just something about making music and coming up with melodies and creating the bed of instrumentation that goes around that to support it and to create that emotion that you can't really do when it comes to like a physical build out or something like that. So I think it all my greatest passion in love will probably always be music, I think. Uh, when you were 12, what'd you think you'd be doing right now? When I was 12. I think I, I was going pro, dude. <laughs> I was going pro. pro. In hey, some what sport? Oh, I was oh. going pro basketball. I was going to be, I was hands down. I, was, I knew it. I already knew I was going pro. <laughs> what about you? You're 12. Well, well, now that I understand genetics, I know that I never had any shot. <laughs> my dad didn't tell pro me athlete. that. Got it. <laughs> so I'm now trying I, to get my kid into golf now. I already told my kid, I'm like, dude, there's, there's barely any six feet white kids in the NBA. We'll let you play while you're in school, but you should be doing golf, football. You can be six foot and be white football player. And I was like, there's none. They're all, all they're all four and six foot five. So do you like, have any grandparents, great grandparents that are tall that you I do could accidentally six three max. I'd be uh-huh. pushing it. He'd have to be the greatest little white player in the world <laughs> to even make it. But he's an incredible baseball player. He bats bats both hey, ways. A lot of five ten Elite baseball players. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. And he's a great quarterback. You know, Baker Mayfield, quarterback of the Tempe Buccaneers, three and one. Um, <laughs> he is, he's like not even six feet. I don't think he might be six feet. You don't have to tell me. I'm on, on my sports show, I preach Baker. Yeah. Mike, who said, who's who's Baker all the way? You. Baker till death. And here's the reason. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a Razorback, right? So. Yes. Well, and, but my wife's a big Sooner, but that's not the okay. problem. The good thing is that Baker was he grew up in Austin, Texas and listened to me growing up all right. through high school. And I messaged him one time, and he was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan, so I've been Baker all the way. That's yeah, all I needed. That's awesome. That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. He uh, looks really good. So what do you think you do at 12, Eric? I think I wanted to be a professional soccer player, but it was right when I was really getting into the bass guitar. So like that's when I kind of – like it was my first like, hmm. My dad was music minister. We had a lot of like big Christian artists that would come through our church. We had like big three to 5,000 member – church big mega church type place that was full of legalism and politics but right 
besides that, like that's kind of where I got my first taste of thinking, oh, it'd be kind of cool to play music and you know in front of a lot of people on stage. So. What did you want to be? Oh, always this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I remember being in kindergarten and you do one of those deals where it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Top three things. And I wanted to be on the radio, uh, stand-up comedian, and on television. But I don't know what it's like to not know. Yeah. And I would right. think when kids were like, I didn't know, I don't know what I want to do. Or in college, they'd be like, I don't know what I want to do. It was like someone speaking a foreign language because I always knew exactly what I wanted That's to so do. Cool. Yeah. But I think I just wanted to do that because I was searching for love from some area. Mm-hmm. And I must yeah. have had a little taste of that early. Yeah. Like, oh, I can get people to love me this way. That's cool. By being funny or by being, you know, have saying something smart. But yeah, I've always, I've always known this. With your dad being musical, do you feel like it's nurture or nature that you're so musical? I think both because he didn't, he didn't ever push me to do it. It's kind of like he gave me the tools to do it if I wanted to. And then I think similar to what you said, like being on stage in front of 3000 person congregation and hearing people clap for you and then tell you, Oh, that was, that was really good. You you should really think about singing more like that kind of, you get that kind of encouragement. Nothing like it. And you feel that it's like, Holy cow, that's awesome. I want that again. So I think, I think he would definitely like he nurtured in the sense that he taught me how to play my first few guitar chords taught me basic music theory and gave me a good foundation but i don't think i ever felt like i was pushed or pulled in any direction i felt like it was always like for him it was never a full-time job because he still kept his other job while he did all that even though he worked harder at that it seemed like than his other full-time job but do you feel like being exposed to music even if you weren't purposefully trying to learn it taught you music i think so yeah and i think I mean, if I look back at the, like some of my most important, like core memories, I associate like music with different time periods of my life. Like I remember like DC talk in the Christian world and audio adrenaline. And then that was like one of my first concerts. So when I was like probably like nine or 10 to like 10 or 12 or 12 or 13, like that, like I associate those bands with that time of my life. And then like my early middle school and high school years, it was like all Eagles, all Tom Petty. Then I went through like a hip hop phase. So it's like, when I look back at my life, it's like music kind of tells the story and is the soundtrack for my life. So for me, it's like, I look back at all the music that I was forced to listen to and then chose to listen (laughs) to. And I do think that really played a huge role in shaping who I am as a person, but then also as a musician. And it gave me, a love, I think, for all different types of music, also. So I don't know if that. No, yeah, it does. The question, when you're but... saying that, I'm thinking about that 2013, 2015. A little bit of heaven. I mean, that's part of my. Yeah. That song was killing it while I was confused and running <laughs> on fumes <laughs> and breaking uh, every piece of glass in Nashville. Yeah. Like just career wise, it, it was a rough couple of years, but. Like you're right that when I heard that song, I was listening to you guys again, just to kind of get in the space before I walked down here. I was listening to that song. And I was like, man, this feels like when I was getting in trouble a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that song feels like. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. 
plus direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we're back on the Bobby Cast. Where did your love of music come from? So I grew up since I'm a preacher's kid. I kind of got thrown into singing in the kids' choir, and then the lady thought I could sing good, so she made me do the solos, and I didn't want to do it. And then I would, we, our family would sing songs at church and harmonize and all this stuff, you know. And that's kind of how I started learning to sing harmonies. And then I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And I was like, I already could, I already got piano lessons, so I knew how to play the piano. So I went to my one friend at school. His dad was a guitar player at the church. And I was like, dude, can you teach me how to play this song? To, to play Smells Like Teen Spirit? Yeah. That's the first song I ever learned. On piano? On guitar. Oh, Cause, So he taught me how to. I was thinking of the beautiful arrangement on piano. <laughs> I, got it. Got so that's it. the first song I learned. And then he taught me. On um, electric though? You, hey, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a weird acoustic song. Yeah, but he, he pretty much taught me. Yeah, he taught me. He got me started on playing guitar, and then I learned from there. So, it, and then "Breakfast at Tiffany's" was the second song I ever learned. Like "Deep Blue" something. Yeah, "Breakfast Good, at Tiffany's." Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thanks. And then it was, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I fell in love with country music not long after that, and the songwriting aspects of it, and 
and with the Warren brothers having that connection and they were kind of like my mentors and stuff. So it, that worked out really well. So here's what I'm gonna tell everybody to do. Okay. So got six songs on the on better better off's also a song. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also the EP. Yeah, yeah. we own the masters, so that's fun. And they own the masters, so stream it. Stream the stream hell it. Out of it. And then we're gonna be supportive on December first yeah. of the music that comes out. And I feel like now I finally have the clarity to be supportive. Well, thank you. Because I didn't know. I didn't know what you wanted me to do. <laughs> you want me to be supportive? Hey, yes. Up until a couple of weeks ago, we didn't really okay, know good, what we wanted good, to do I was, either. I was, so. was confused. Even when I was reading the notes, I was like, Mike, I don't understand. Am I not supposed to talk about the record? And he's like, well, just ask him. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear it. And if something's Thanks. awesome on it, I'm going to play it. Thank well, thank you. you. Yeah, I know, and we'll just see what happens. And it was cool. I mean, Jim Ed Norman is a yeah. legendary producer, also. So to work with Josh, who had done Alabama and the original version of Fishing in the Dark, and then have Don Henley's best friend, basically, you know, working with us. And oh well, when I was arranging strings on Desperado, I I would have made this chord choice, but you know, for this song, I'm gonna do this. Like, and they hear him tell stories about Glenn Fry and. Like then hear Josh talk about Glenn Fry and Jimmy Buffett when he's playing guitar for both of them. It's like it was one of the most surreal, cool oh, yeah, record making processes. Cool. It was and like awesome. to hear, but it was also a long time ago, though, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. that's also crazy too. That it was. Yeah, the- yeah it was six, <laughs> yeah. seven years ago, and it's. But I think that that album represents that time in our career in our lives really well, and I think that's probably why we're most excited for it to come out because those songs that we did write. Like you can tell, like from that record to the kind of the newer stuff that we're doing now, it's it's a little bit different. It has a little bit more of a throwback sound to it, and I think it showcases kind of where we were at in our career and our lives, and it shows the growth. And it still flies though. I mean, it's it still sounds current, which is good. Yeah. Our new stuff just a little, it's just a little different. But well, let's still- get some of that stuff on social media, boys. Yeah, and don't look back. Meaning, because I look back, I look back at crap yeah. I post. I'm like, well, I ain't doing very well, so I must suck. Yep. You can't do that. I got to get better at that. I post up. Just let, I just need to let it live for a month yeah. and then go look. Well, like in every other aspect of my life, I'm really good at that. Like just yeah. not living in the past or the future, just kind of living in the present oh, I'm and enjoying all of it. But then when it comes to music, it's like I'm hyper analytical about all of it. And Do you guys play golf? Yeah. Nonstop. Really? Then we added it to our rider. So when they build you a golf course. <laughs> so like, working on that. Do you want to come play a show here? You're like, yeah, okay. We, uh, we took a bunch of things off. So our rider's like, you know, Sharpies. Gum and walk. golf. Yeah. And like and a round of golf for four. So it's super fun. We get to play. We're playing Poppy Hills next week, which is a, a Pebble Beach course. So it's like sick. We played they played Sawgrass because of our new found <laughs> Who, writer. Who's the better golfer? No, Eric, hands down. Are you, you pretty good? I keep it. He's good. Nobody good ever says they're good. So the fact that he's saying that. <laughs> have, I mean, you, have you played uh, Bobby Hills? Oh. Uh. Hey, Reed, we open the, uh, the curtain here. <laughs> you have a simulator over here? Oh, f- wow. Yeah, it's... I got a boner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's that awesome. Over here. Yeah, I've been trying to follow your golf career since you... You know, I try, I'm trying to be a golf influencer now, even though I suck. <laughs> it's my new my new passion. Um, but well, I stopped drinking, and then I got addicted to golf, so... You know, then... and as much of a half joke, like, I have so much addiction in my family that I'm addicted to stuff but just not I know if I drink I'd be I'd be the best drinker ever oh, <laughs> like I'd, I'd win every drinking I, I would just it'd be a sport so I am I'd create I'd be a drinking influencer I would just <laughs> go full in but I have a dose that I do positive yep. so I because there's gonna be something yeah 
have a super addictive personality and golf is that yeah well, it's such We're a beautiful game it's like you have it's you in a stationary no, ball game. it's like it's awful you and, got, I, and it's awesome you have one person to blame it's the best mental exercise and i do it to myself every day my wife's <laughs> like why do you come home mad it's something you go voluntarily do <laughs> and i'm like what are you so she goes, true you come home when you're so pissed about how you play she goes, but you wanted to go do it yeah you practice <laughs> you buy the clothes you watch the videos, you have a simulator, yep. and then you go and you build up to doing it and you come home and you're mad. <laughs> why do you keep doing that to yourself? <laughs> I don't know. That's so true. Well, yeah. guys, uh, congratulations on Thanks. the record coming out. Thank you. December Thank 1st. You. I hope it really does big things that allows bigger, bigger things. Thank you. Thank you. Like, that's, I think that's what we're hoping for. That's, that's what I hope to. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And you don't step on my golf simulator, the grass. It's not today. It's not okay. ready for you today. Okay. It's not ready. We should play sometime. I would love, yeah, that. I love that. Do you guys live in town? Yeah. I'm in. I'm up you don't have to say where you live. You're good. You don't have uh, to. I'm up 35 minutes north of town. Okay, cool. Hey, I almost let that one out. So not, so not, so, well, I can be to any golf course in town in 15 minutes, okay. so you just let me know. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, congratulations on, on the record coming out. and uh, Instagram, at Love and Theft. TikTok, Love and Theft Official, where you're going to start seeing more authentic Un, let me see. Let me see <laughs> unaffected. I like that music because you're going to start. You're, you're committing to me now. You're going to start putting more up there. We're going to. All right. Awesome. Good to see you guys. You too, Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to a Bobby Cast production. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.